This is episode number 601 featuring dancersofthelight.com, choreograph remotely, nine ways to do it effectively. It's April 24th, 2022, and we have a strategizing Sunday tip for you. Let's dance on into our blog written by Jean Marie Branch. Over this semester, I was given the opportunity to choreograph for the University of Tampa's Fall Dance Happening. It is a student choreographed show, and I went through an entire proposal process and defense and was gratefully approved for it. The UT Dance faculty also gave me the approval to do all of this remotely. I had no idea what I was getting into, but somehow I did it. It was not easy, but it is all possible. Alongside a strong cast and a positive mindset, here are some recommendations for you if you are teaching classes remotely or if you are working on choreographic pieces remotely and want to do so with ease. Number one, go in without expectations. I think in dance class, it is natural to have expectations from your students, yes. Specifically for me, I was choreographing a piece for an entire production, so my process and mindset had to be a bit different. Yes, I selected my dancers from virtual auditions, but my first rehearsal, I did not know what to expect. So keeping my mind open had helped me and didn't put me back or let me down. I think it's good to have an overall skeleton or generalization with what you want to get done and what you want to accomplish by the end of each of your rehearsals or the entire process. This kept me on track still and enabled me to ebb and flow with guiding my dancers throughout all of my rehearsals. Two, be clear and transparent with yourself and your dancers. This has helped me because I was always challenged with technology, school, or personal issues, and being clear about how I was feeling each rehearsal opened up spaces for conversation and also made my dancers comfortable with me too. This made my process easier because it opened a safe space and helped us to communicate and work together virtually and made us work well and strong. This is important in the studio as well. But ensuring this during virtual rehearsals made my rehearsals way smoother and more efficient, and I did not feel overwhelmed. Three, be patient. Be patient with technology and with natural mental blocks. On numerous occasions, I had to be patient with technology not working, Wi-Fi down, mics not working, videos not working. It's inevitable. Be patient with the tools that you are working with. They are not working against you. Find easy solutions and work through those obstacles. I was so open to these challenges and that made my process much more bearable and workable. As for mental blocks, those are inevitable too. It happens to be the best of us and all dancers and artists and even writers know this. I think this ties into being honest with your dancers as well. Let them know you are having a block and they may even help you. You'll be surprised at what you may still be able to discover and accomplish. Four, know what you are going to teach. I think this is a given for all dance teachers and choreographers. I'm very organized and I love planning things out. Like I said previously, having a rough skeleton of what you want to accomplish will help you succeed in your sessions, but don't plan it out meticulously. Let it ebb and flow and let yourself be open to changing things on the fly when you observe your dancers. Don't stray away from your main focus, but enable that freedom to explore and see where it takes you. Additionally, this also ties into teaching choreography. I know some teachers like to work on the fly and this is their creative process. Great. I worked opposite and spent some time in my studio days before my rehearsal days slash times and worked created and explored choreography by myself. This was set and I was able to teach it broadly to my dancers. 
Once they learned it, I then gave them opportunities to put their own techniques and styles with it, manipulate parts of it, and discover new ways to move using my choreography as a foundation or base. This was great for me and my dancers and enabled us to create together and shoot ideas to and from each other. Five, give your dancers pre-recorded videos. In times where they couldn't all be at rehearsals or they were given designed parts in my piece, sending them videos of me dancing helped them to learn the choreography better and have a bit more clarity for what they are learning. This also helped with directional changes and movement qualities I wanted for my piece, as well as understanding its musicality. Again, these were all set but subject to change, so keeping that open mind is good for being successful in this process as well. Six, working one-on-one -on -one with dancers or groups. I used this simply for the concept of my piece and I worked one-on-one -on -one with my dancers so they had time for conversations with me and feedback on what I wanted and time to process and discover how to find certain qualities for my piece. I think that this can be effective for many choreographic works. Working with your dancers individually gives you that time to give them proper personal feedback as well as things you can challenge them with or work on during your creative process. Seven, don't overwhelm your dancers or yourself as a matter. Sometimes I felt like I was giving my dancers so much content to work with to apply their dancing or new things to try. I get excited easily. Haha. <laughs> One of my professors gave us her strategy for feedback to dancers, and that is the rule of three. Giving your dancers three things to think about while they are dancing or learning choreography. Before each rehearsal, I would make a rough draft of things I wanted to work on and always had three things that I wanted to focus on specifically that I thought encapsulated all of my thousands of notes and bullet points and ideas. This not only helped me, but helped my dancers and kept up all from being overwhelmed and flooded with too many things to focus on at the same time. Eight, treat it like a normal in-person class. This helped me to not treat it like it was drastically different, even though it low-key was, and took some major adjusting and adapting. I was always on time for my rehearsals and actively participated with my dancers, be it leading a warm-up for them or doing my choreography alongside with them. It still felt very real, and I was able to still establish my presence in both dance studios, which was such a blessing. Nine, always ask questions both ways. This was great as it always enabled open conversations and let me build actual relationships with my dancers. I was always asking questions and asking them if they needed anything clarified or shown again. And I think being so open with them kind of intimidated them at first, but eventually it helped and created yet another safe space to communicate and work together for this. Throughout this entire process, I am amazed at what I can accomplish and can only encourage those of you reading this right now that you can do this too. Sure, there may be many obstacles, but take it with an open mindset. The virtual world can still keep us very much inspired as long as you try. Thanks so much to author Jean Marie Branch for giving us permission to share her short, sweet, and inspiring blog with y'all today. For more on Jean Marie and her blog, Dancers of the Light, make sure you check out our show notes below. Kudos to Jean Marie for trudging forward, not only proactively, but positively during that time of virtual choreographing. One of my favorite tips that she shared in what I think is truly a great leadership tip in itself is being clear and transparent, not only with yourself, but your dancers too.
For our strategizing Sunday challenge today, I challenge us to see where we can improve being a little bit more clear and a little bit more transparent. And no matter what role we're playing, if we're in the leadership, choreographer, teacher, or maybe even in the dancer role, if there's something that's truly been bugging us for a long time that maybe we've bottled up because we haven't had the courage to bring it to management quite yet, is there a clear, transparent, and kind way that we can bring that to anyone's attention? And in doing so, are you not only doing a favor for yourself, but maybe some of your other staff or some of your other cast members? That said, that is our short and sweet tip for the day. I hope you enjoyed, and as always, happy dancing. Thanks for listening today, and tune back in tomorrow for more short and sweet dance tips. If you're looking for a deeper dive, check out the bonus episodes released the first of every month where I interview those in our field who keep our industry moving and grooving. If you're looking for a little extra direction with Dancing Towards Your Dance Dreams, head to our website where you can find your free goals planner or daily challenge tracker. If you like or don't like what you're hearing, please dance those fingers across your keyboard and give DTD a rating or review so we know how to best serve you. Until tomorrow, happy dancing.